One of the most important things we can do as followers of Christ is to raise godly children. Establishing a solid biblical foundation will prepare someone for a lifetime of success in God's kingdom. When we give them a good, solid foundation, then everything else they learn in their life will fall into place. However, on the other hand, it is very difficult to rebuild the foundation for someone who grows up without Christ and for them to unlearn bad habits, perspectives, and beliefs from their childhood. Proverbs 22 says, train up a child in the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not depart from it. So today, I want to talk about teaching children. I want to share some tips for things we can do to raise godly children of any age, but also I want to look specifically at different stages of development and how we can do specific things to help them. Now, first, I understand that there are many cultural differences around the world, so I will try to say things which are universally true regardless of culture. In other words, some things might work well here in America, but not in Asia or Africa. So I'm going to try to stick to the Bible and stick to basic things which work all around the world. And also, this video is primarily aimed for parents but also most of it applies to church workers and other family who are around kids also. So first, let's look at some things that work for any kid of any age. We need to remember that we need to surround them with salt. S-A-L-T. This is how we need to treat all kids. For the S represents sincerity. We need to believe and practice what we teach. We need to never tell them something like, do what I, do what I say, not what I do. We need to live out our faith. We need to put into practice everything that we're trying to teach our kids. We need to be the model and the example for how they should live their life. And also, we need to sincerely apologize when you make mistakes. We're not going to be perfect. We're going to make mistakes. And we need to be upfront, honest, and sincere with our kids even when we make mistakes. They know that we're not going to be perfect but we always need to be sincere, open, and honest with them. The A in salt represents affirmation. We need to praise our children when they do something well. We need to remember that, that, that affirmation, praising what's good, is a better motivation than punishing what's bad. Of course, we need to punish our kids sometimes and, and teach them discipline, but we need to do even more praising them and encouraging them to do what's right. And we also need to affirm their emotions, even when they're upset, when they're angry. We need to help them to express those emotions in a healthy, good, beneficial way. So we need to teach them how, to, how we affirm our emotions and teach them to do the same as well. The L in salt represents love. Now, we need to know that love is unconditional. Our kids need to know that we're going to love them regardless of what mistakes they need to do. They need to never fear that we're not going to love them because of any mistake they make. We also need to know that love means sacrifice. It means putting some of your wants, your needs, and your desires to the side so that you can help your children be raised and be benefited and, and just grow up in a godly way. So along with those, we also need to give them tough love, which means proper boundaries and discipline. We need to do these types of things and show our kids uh, how to be raised and what to do and what not to do. And the tea of salt means truth. 
Now, that means that we need to never deceive our children, never even tell, try to convince them that things that are lies are true. We need to be open and honest, even about difficult things, even when they ask difficult questions. We need to tell them the truth. And most, most importantly, we need to share with them the truth about God, how much he loves us, how our sin separates us from God, but Jesus came and lived and died for our sin so that if we trust and follow him, we will be forgiven and spend eternity with God. Those are the types of things when we surround our kids with that salt, that it's going to protect them. It's going to give them the, the good flavor and the preservative that, that salt really does. And they're going to be raised in a godly way. Now, along with things that we need to do for all children, let's look at different stages of development, what that means and how we can raise kids when they're in those things. So infants is the first stage of development. This is from birth until they begin to walk. So this usually lasts for about a year. Now, when it comes to these kids, we need to be patient, calm, and loving because they have such small development that they just really can't grasp much and they don't do things intentionally. So we need to be patient, calm, and loving even when the kid is crying or being difficult and you just don't know why. So we need to know that even before babies can directly understand biblical truths, they can learn to trust those around them and be comforted by certain sights, sounds, and feelings. Lovingly meeting the needs of an infant and making them comfortable with you lays a foundation for teaching them biblical truths in future developmental stages. And if you, but if you do the opposite and treat them harshly or leave them alone, then that hinders their development for many years to come. Again, we need to remember that these early stages are where we lay the foundation, the, the building blocks for what we're going to do for the rest of their life. So these early stages are so important because a firm foundation means that they can build great things on top of it. But if we have a bad foundation, then it's very difficult later in life to repair the foundation and to move on. So we need to look next at toddlers. This comes because they toddle when they walk. They take slow, short, Un, un, uh, uncoordinated steps. So by their, their toddlers from the time they first learn to walk, which is about one year until they're more coordinated with their movement, being able to jump or dance or do type different types of things that are much more coordinated. We need to know that they are imitators and begin to form patterns of behavior based on what they see. They learn from what they see and experience what you do not just what you teach them. That's what the saying is that learning is caught more than taught. It's not things that we are intentionally teaching them. It's things they are learning just from observing and watching and catching those things that you do. We need to know that older toddlers, maybe two or, or almost three, they can learn basic single sentence biblical concepts such as God loves me and be nice to others. So even for toddlers, we need to teach them some basic phrases and some basic truths from Christianity. And we also need to know that they understand much more than they can communicate. They understand it, but then they don't know how to say these types of things back to you. So this is why we need to be very patient with them. And also, it can be very helpful to even just teach them to point to things, to ask them yes 
or no questions to help them figure out to help figure out what they're trying to say and even different sign language to help them be able to communicate in ways that are not verbal the next age uh, stage of development is preschoolers so this is from again when they're no longer toddlers when they have that basic coordination until they're able to to go to to official school so with these people from about three to five we need to know that they are inquisitive adventurous and imaginative and these things need to be nurtured and encouraged we need to help them we need to answer their questions we need to help them go on safe adventures and even just play with them in ways where they can use their imagination and just be free and just be little kids we also need to know that they love to sing dance and color so finding ways to introduce biblical concepts through these creative means are great learning tools some of the first bible lessons that kids will ever know are through singing dancing and just even coloring in a book or things like that we also need to know that these at this age they will start to show some clear preferences and habits which often last into adulthood if a, if a preschooler is very talkative then that means they will probably be talkative for the rest of their life. Certain habits will stay with them forever. So that's why we need to begin the lifelong process of encouraging strengths and helping them to grow in areas of weakness. If they aren't very communicative, then we need to encourage them to talk. If they're not very active physically naturally, then we need to help them to be a bit more bold and brave and to act and to do things physically. We need to help them. We need to cover their weaknesses and increase their strengths. So also along with this, we need to help them to begin practicing what is good and thinking of others. If a kid is going to their grandparents that day, then encourage them to draw a picture, write a note, and just to, to, to send them some encouragement to their grandparent. Just ask them to go over and tell their mother that they love them and watch as, their, as the person with the message just lights up and is happy and the kids learn that doing these good things is, is, is what's right. It's what's beneficial. Even if they don't know everything about Jesus and why we do what's right, they need to learn some of these foundational good things from the time that they're born. We also need to realize that at this age, some kids start to get a bigger grasp of certain more complex things. It is possible, but not com common, for a kid to become born again during this stage. So again, when we first turn from sin and receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that's when we become born again, when, we're, when we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and when we become truly a follower of Christ. This can happen even at a very young age, but for most people, it happens later. The next stage of spirit of development is being in elementary school. You could also call it primary school, the first couple years of school. So again, along, uh, children should be learning spiritual truths from the Bible along with math, reading, history, and other subjects. We need to not neglect spiritual things just to focus on school. And we need to know that, they, that about the same age level, if they're able to learn math, then they're able to learn certain basic biblical truths. Also, this is when you establish practicing faith with others. So up until this point, 
kids are usually very independent. They really, they play by themselves. They work by themselves. But starting at elementary school, they start working with other kids and work, working together for common purposes, playing together, all those types of things. We need to remember that for, for, for um, spirituality also, that they need to be surrounded by other kids and even their parents who are like-minded, who want their kids to grow up and be mature believers so this is when we need to be start getting careful of who our kids play with. Um, make sure that they are really doing what's right. And especially if our kids are going to go to someone else's home, we need to really know the parents and understand that they're doing biblical good things. Another ways we they can learn is by acting out Bible stories, drawing pictures, or making sculptures depicting biblical events, and discussing how characters felt are great ways to help them to understand apply and remember spiritual truths. So anytime we can take a story or a life teaching from Jesus or any other part of the Bible and make it into these things, it's going to be so much easier for our kids to understand this. And even just ask your kids, what must it have felt like when this happened to Jesus, when this happened to Noah, when this happened to Moses, what do you think they were feeling at that point? And we need to also not put too much on our kids, uh, uh, too much expectations on our kids, but it needs to be realistic. A general rule for the attention span, how long a child can pay attention, is that it's about two to three minutes per year for tasks that they like, but only one minute for tasks that they don't enjoy. So a five-year-old could probably pay attention for 10 or 15 minutes for something they enjoy, but only five minutes or less for something that they don't really enjoy. Now, there are ways we can help them to have more of an attention span, especially for these beneficial things. We need to remove any distractions, any toys, other kids. The more distractions we can remove, the easier it is for them to focus. And we also need to make sure they are comfortable not hungry. And we also need to try to make the tasks, the lessons, anything we're teaching them more enjoyable so that they can pay attention for longer. Now, the fifth stage of development is adolescence. So this is where things really start to turn and they really start becoming more like adults than they are children. This might be a bit morbid, but the saying goes that the, the day your childhood ends is the day that you realize that yourself and all those around you will one day die. When you realize your own mortality, this is when you become an adolescent. It also it can happen around puberty or other things, but this is generally about eight to 12 years old is the adolescent phase. So we need to know that the stages before this are marked by innocence, naivety, and living in the moment, while the stages from adolescence onward include planning the future, and a much more realistic view of life. So this, they, they start looking towards the future and actually planning things rather than just living moment to moment. Now, along with this, we need to encourage them to make faith their own because they're going through so many changes mentally and physically. They need, this is when they have the ability to really make the faith their own. To, t to take hold of what they believe, what they want to do, how God can use them to serve. And we need to know that this is also the age when the majority of people become born again. This is when they are most open to the gospel and most ready to, to make that profession of faith 
and truly trust and follow Christ for the first time. So this is when evangelism and really sharing the gospel is so powerful. And along with that, we need to help them understand their unique abilities to serve God, including their spiritual gifts, personality traits, and creative talents, along with helping them to begin pursuing how God is calling them to serve others. We need to begin taking practical steps towards reaching their goals. This is the age where kids will, if they want to be an engineer, where they will start taking more advanced math classes or maybe even studying science outside of the classroom. The same thing needs to happen with our faith. If a kid wants to be uh, in, in the, a musician, then this is when they should start, when they should play instruments or and they should start taking steps towards really serving God and using their spiritual gifts. We also need to allow them to begin making their own decisions and encouraging them by asking questions like, what would you do in this situation? Something like, how much time do you think you should spend watching TV or on a phone every day? And then based on their answers, then you respond. And if, if they give something absurd, of course, guide them. You're still their parents. You still need to help them, but give them a lot of freedom that allow them to begin making their own decision. Oh, <laughs> uh, give them reasonable freedom to learn some, some things from their own mistakes and give them the opportunity to prove you wrong. Even if you think that they can't do something, if they really think they can give them that opportunity and they might learn from it as a mistake or they might prove you wrong and do something that you didn't think they were capable of. Now we need to remember that too much strictness in this stage can either crush their spirit or push them to rebel. You can go too far either way. If you give them too much freedom, then they make bad choices. They don't respect you. But if you're too strict, then you, then they will either then they either will be crushed and they will be discouraged and they will just say yes and do whatever rather than being free and independent and thinking for themselves in any ways. But also that might push them to rebel against your authority. We need to remember to keep everything balanced. Because real dangers and temptations do exist. It's during this age when many people begin experimenting with drugs and sex. So again, we need to be really careful who their friends are, what they're doing, and we need to give them some freedom, but also with, keep it under control so that they don't do things which can really damage their life. We need to know that communication is key. We need to talk to them. We need to build a real relationship with kids and just know what they're doing, know who they are, share with them your heart, and then just ask them, what are your doubts? What are your questions? How can I help you to succeed in life? Because the final stage of development for kids is teenagers. This is one that many people fear but again, when you do things right leading up to this, this can be a wonderful stage. Whatever freedoms they will have as adults regarding work, church, friends, and free time should be practiced during this stage. Now again, I know there are differences in parenting styles and culture all around the world, but whatever freedoms you're planning for them to have as adults, they need to begin practicing that during this stage while they're still in your home and before they go out into the world on their own. This is where they practice those things. And ideally, they will come to you for advice rather than you having to dictate what they do. You shouldn't just have to tell them 
everything, they should come to you for advice and help when that's what they need. And we need to realize that the work done in all the previous stages of life come to fruition here. If you've done what's right and laid a great foundation, then this is when you can really begin enjoying seeing your children thrive. But if you have not done the right work and they have a bad foundation, then this is when things can become really, really difficult. And we also need to realize that if they haven't become born again by the time by, through this phase, phase, then you need to view yourself as a missionary evangelist and church planner because only about five percent of those who aren't born again entering their 20s ever become followers of christ if they aren't reached in their teens there's a good chance they will never be reached for christ we must do whatever it takes to reach them that's learning apologetics and just learning how to how to explain the faith we need to take any questions or doubts that they have very seriously, we need to listen to them and just love them and show them how they can truly become followers of Christ. And also, if they, <laughs> we just need to know if they are if they are old enough to study calculus and physics, then they are old enough to study any biblical topic at the highest level. We need to realize that teenagers can do wonderful things. They can be brilliant and they can study and explain the faith and do great things for God. And many parents hold their kids back because they still view them as kids. But if they're able to do calculus and physics, they're going to be able to know anything. So we need to really give them the opportunity for them to flourish and to really, again, make faith their own and do those final preparations for being an adult. Now, there are just a few things I'd, I'd like to take, give to you to take away from this message. First, a firm foundation allows for great things to be built. We need to give our kids a solid foundation so that they can succeed in life and serve God well. Next, we need responsible freedom is the best way to prevent rebellion and allow your child to thrive. And finally, they learn more from what you do than what you say. So you need to live right in everything in your life. Follow God and again, do all of the right things. Now, I want to leave you guys with one final passage, and that's what Paul wrote to Timothy. He said, from childhood, you have been taught scripture, which is able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the follower of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. I hope this message was an encouragement to you. I hope you'll put this into practice and raise some great godly children. If you have any questions or comments, let me know what you think. And if you'd like to hear more about how to put your faith into practice, I hope you'll look at our other videos and like, subscribe, and follow this page because we have so much more to share. God bless.